0: You're listening to Radio ISO, the podcast bringing you notes from isolation and stories about the people we're missing. I'm your host, Emily Sargent. Today I spoke to Betty Webb, a veteran of the code-breaking establishment at Bletchley Park, who will be leading an online sing-along from home to mark the 75th VE Day celebrations this week. It's Babs. Hiya, Babs. Thank you for helping set this up. Can you hear me okay?
1: Yes, I can, yes. Great. I'll just um, probably turn that up slightly. Um, it was uh, BBC Breakfast she did earlier. So, anyway, she's coming back now. I'm going to make sure she's sitting comfortably. Okay, brilliant. And then I'm going to hand over the headphones for her to put in. Great. Okay, right. so... No. Uh, so hold on. Okay.
0: That's in okay. your right one. That's in your left.
1: Yep. Hi, Betty. Can okay. you hear me? Yes, I can. Hello, Emily. How how are you doing today? Oh, very well. We're having a we're having quite a party. here. <laughs> in the most wonderful sunshine. Thank goodness. So, how have you found this period generally? Um, well, um, I'm very fortunate in that I um, have some very good friends. Uh, Nearby, and they've been looking after me extremely well. I'm used to being on my own, so it hasn't—that hasn't been a great trauma. Um, in, in fact, I've really had a very interesting time lately with all the interviews I've had. So I haven't had time to be sorry for myself. <laughs> well, I'm just fortunate in, in that I'm—I'm uh, I'm still here. Actually, most of uh, my uh, wartime colleagues have passed on, and. Uh, um you know and a lot of them don't like giving interviews anyway mm. is there a reason that
0: you enjoy it is it that you want to make sure new generations know the story or
1: uh, absolutely this is terribly important because uh, um, uh, uh, the generation that I grew up in uh, gave so much and it's it's in my view it's right that uh, the young ones should know about it and uh, learn lessons from it mm. i wondered whether you
0: might be able to for anyone who doesn't know to retell that story of um how you arrived at bletchley
1: no not at all i mean, it was um, all completely new to me i would uh, joined the ats and after doing my basic training um, i was asked what i would like to do whether i'd like to be a driver a cook or whatever And uh, I said I hadn't the foggiest idea, but as as I was something of a linguist, I think they hooked onto that and gave me an interview um, in London, after which I was given a railway warrant to go to Bletchley. Well, I'd never heard of Bletchley, and I certainly didn't know what went on there. But I soon found out, because the following morning, I was taken into the mansion uh, to read the very frightening Official Secrets Act, which is a formidable document. And uh, I had to sign that I would uh, not divulge anything that I heard saw, or read um, for, um, what was it, 30 years. Mm. So that was quite a challenge. But, um, well, I just told myself that uh, that was it. There was no question about it. And you just get on with the job and keep it all to yourself which is what I did until 1975. How did it feel keeping that
0: secret? What was what, what? did you say to anybody who asked about your work?
1: Oh, yes, I was a bit naughty. I just said it was a boring secretarial job. <laughs> was it? <laughs> did you have
0: anybody that you were very close to who it was difficult not to talk to about it?
1: Um, Well, no, my parents were very good, they didn't ask, but I think it was because my father had been in the army himself in the First World War, and he knew better than to ask. And uh, so I I wasn't bothered in that direction. My landlady, Bletchley, sometimes said, what have you been doing today? And again, I would say, oh, rather boring secretarial job. I was just going to
0: ask whether you felt at the time while you were there, whether you had that sense of the enormity of what you were doing and being a part of history or whether that came with hindsight? That,
1: no, that came that came with hindsight because you see, because of the conditions of the Official Secrets Act, we were not able to discuss anything outside our own office. Mm. And at the time I had absolutely no idea of the uh, procedures and uh, the importance of, of Bletchley generally. Mm. That came much later.
0: And what did it feel like when you were signing the Official Secrets Act?
1: A little bit frightening. I, I, I think I, I had to say to myself, "Well, uh, Betty, you know, you know, you've got to keep everything to yourself. So you do just that. There's no question." Mm.
0: And with the other women who you were working with, was there a feeling of of
1: camaraderie? Oh yes, yes. I mean, we we knew we were doing something important, and. Uh, in the main, we got on very well. I don't remember any any difficulties. Um, I mean, a t- totally different crowd of people and um, the ones I'd been used to. But uh, I found that very interesting because Bletchley housed people from aristocrats to uh, little people like me, and uh, very very often, in not so very far, not so very long ago. I've heard people say, well, this was the next best thing to a university. And mm-hmm. I think that was what most of them felt.
0: I also read that you were saying that the living conditions there were quite difficult. How did that feel? Well,
1: uh, to begin with, um, we were we were taken to uh, civilian billets in the villages roundabout. <clears throat> the first one I went to... Um, as we arrived, there were two of us, actually. One girl had come from Belgium. She'd escaped from from the uh, from Belgium. And uh, she and I were taken to a house in Bradwell where uh, the, the loo was up the garden, and we were having to share a bed. And that rather embarrassed us both, so we asked to be moved, and mm-hmm. we went from the frying pan into the fire. It was a, a little house with um, six... Um, of the family and three of us. I don't remember a bathroom, so that was difficult, but then I finally went to a house in Loughton, which is now part of Milton Keynes, and it was a lovely family. There, was, um, there were five of them and three of us, and uh, to add to our joys, they had a, a very well-stocked garden and orchard, so our, our rations were subsidized. Mm. So I was very lucky and I stayed there until the camp was built in 1944. And then uh, we, the Army and the Air Force, moved into this camp, which was within walking distance of Bletchley.
0: Is there, do you have a favorite memory from that period?
1: Um, Yes, I think so, and this is not so much, well, two things, really. One, that we had, Very good entertainment, one way and another. I mean, there was a um, an orchestra and a, a Bach choir, and then we had um, oh a drama group. That's right, and they put a, a play on every every couple of months, which was marvelous. And a certain amount of sport. So um, yes, um, well, to sum it up, it was quite a balanced life, really. Mm. I wondered whether you thought, if you could pinpoint
0: how your time spent there um, shaped you as an adult for the rest of your life, do you think you would have been a vastly different person if you hadn't been there?
1: Yes, I think I would, because um, to go back to the mix of people who were there, I mean, that in itself was an education and um, broadened my outlook on life very much. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think I would have been a very different person if I'd gone back to the country and vegetated in the wilds of Shropshire. <laughs> do you think it,
0: it... So, in that way, do you think it, it gave you a um, more of a, an appetite for adventure and different sights and things
1: like that? Oh, yes, yes. It it, it was a, a, an all-round development in my case. Mm. Simply, I think, because I'd spent most of my uh, youth in a, in a very... Wild parts of the country. I mean, we didn't have any, uh, we didn't have a telephone, we didn't have a car, and everything had to be, uh, we walked everywhere and uh, we made our own entertainment. Fortunately, my mother was a music teacher and uh, we had plenty of uh, scope for singing and playing and joining in with others in that field. But uh, no, it would have been a very, very different life. Mm.
0: Did, any, did did it ever feel overwhelming then to go from a very, uh, what sounds like quite an idyllic rural life to, to then being in something that was, you know, not very comfortable living and high pressure? Uh,
1: well, yes, I mean, it was something you had to uh, say to yourself, well, I don't like this very much, but I've got to put up with it. Mm.
0: And how did it feel the first time you were able to speak uh, freely about the work that you did in the
1: 1970s? Yeah, I didn't want to. It was, it was quite strange. Um, I happened to be walking um, in, in a street in Birmingham and one of the Bletchley people was on the other side of the road. I didn't know her name, but I recognised her and she called out, it's, it's out. So I said, what's out? She said, we can talk. I said, well, OK, thank you. But, you know, I didn't want to and it wasn't until very much later that I was persuaded to uh, give talks about Bletchley and uh, I've been doing that ever since. What
0: made you reluctant in the first instance, do you think?
1: Well, I think partly because having had to keep uh, Sturm for so long, um, I, I had difficulty in recalling quite a lot of it. It wasn't until I started reading the many books about Bletchley, as you probably know, there are dozens, mm. and getting the whole picture, because I didn't know what went on in the next next room, I didn't realise how many operations were involved, because it, it runs from uh, our people taking the, the signals down, um, both in the country and uh, stations abroad, and then the need to... Um, register all the messages that come in, then the next procedure was the decoding, then the translating, then the transcribing, and then the decision by the senior people to uh, send the messages uh, on either to commanders in the field or to uh, uh, the Prime Minister today, Winston Churchill. Mm -hmm. But you see, most people, I'm afraid, not their fault but they think of the imitation game and that's not the whole story by any means Mm.
0: do you i was going to ask in in that vein whether you felt that you that yours and and the other women's work who were working alongside you whether you'd been sufficiently recognized now
1: um oh yes i i think we have Uh, you see the fact that um bletchley is now a, a a very important archive, probably one of the best in the world, museum and archive, I should say. Uh, And so many people have visited it and that gives them the whole story. What do you think about this comparison
0: that keeps being made between uh, between the war and the coronavirus pandemic?
1: Um yes well this is a very difficult one but in my view um, it's a different war altogether you see in 1939 we knew that we were up against germany <coughs> italy and japan now we're not too clear what we're up against mm. but that's just my way of thinking of it
0: yeah yeah it feels it feels different to me but um i suppose i i suppose the, the similarity that i think of is that we may come out of this and reassess our lives or live differently because we slightly will have it calls into mind the things that should be important to us um so i wondered with your uh you know with your kind of knowledge and wisdom on this whether you thought this period would change us and whether there might be a, a lasting good impact of people thinking about those things
1: Yes, I think you're right, because in my experience is that, uh, uh, because partly because I'm rather old, but also because um, people see the need to support each other. And this is happening uh, to a, a very great degree. I'm amazed at the kindness shown by people, um, not just here, but I, I hear about it all, all over the country. Mm.
0: And do you see that as a new thing, i mean is this are those those kind of shows of kindness are those things that you've not seen for a while then
1: well i think it's it's um it's our nature we're rather a reticent lot in the main aren't we mm. we, we i think it's just awakened people of the need to be more communicative and helpful towards each other have you had
0: that in your own life? You said you've got a good group of friends, so have you had lots of people offering to help out? And...
1: Oh, yes, absolutely marvellous. I mean, I I don't need to go shopping. It's all done for me. In terms of um, VE
0: Day celebrations, uh, how how do you remember that day? Where, where were
1: you in that moment? Well, I was actually um, uh, still at Bletchley, of course, but I was in the Japanese department because that was my job. I was uh, coping with uh, decoded Japanese messages Mm. and so the VE celebrations, yes I did take part but not to the same extent as those who were working in in the European department. Mm. But I did go up to London and uh, with many others, hundreds and hundreds of people and take part in the singing and dancing and drinking if you could get any. (laughs) I've never seen such crowds.
0: <laughs> what did that feel like to be in amongst those crowds in London?
1: Um, physically, rather difficult because there were so many people who didn't need to consciously walk; you were just um, taken along with the crowd. Mm. And
0: was there a feeling of um, reflection or recovery uh, as well as celebration?
1: Oh yes, and I mean I the feeling that. Um, Eventually, of course, we get back to uh, being able to eat properly and, and so on. But I think on that particular day, I don't think anybody um, had any thoughts about that. It was simply a question of, uh, well, hooray, it's over and mm. let's, uh, let's sing about it. Mm. But of course, there was the other, other thing. Uh, those who'd unfortunately lost loved ones, uh, they, they were glad, of course, but they were also very nostalgic as you can imagine
0: yeah which again i guess may be the case you know when we're this this thing of drawing parallels when we're able to see all the people that we love again what did it feel like for you in that moment to, to know that you the people who you loved family and friends were out of out of danger essentially
1: Well, obviously, a great feeling of relief and and gladness, Mm -hmm. but as far as my job was concerned, I had to go back to uh, to, to Bletchley and uh, get on with my job in the Japanese department because I was being sent to America, uh, to the Pentagon, to continue working on these messages until the war ended with Japan. And in, in
0: terms of your your life at the moment, I wonder whether there was a, a particular person or people who you've not been able to see during this time who you're really looking forward to seeing again.
1: Oh, goodness, yes. Unfortunately, they're all scattered all over the country. But um, I hope to get together with them as well as my local friends, of course, as soon as possible, because it's uh, one does feel extremely cut off despite all the technology which makes it possible to speak as we are at the moment mm. but um, oh yes i can't imagine that's going to be a day to raise the flags do you have in mind
0: how you might celebrate that moment
1: yes i'm going to get a friend to drive me down to ludlow to see some old friends mm. That sounds simple nice. as that <laughs>
0: And in terms of the uh, the sing along that you'll all be doing online, I wonder whether that was something you were feeling excited about.
1: Um, yes, I hope I don't make a mess of it. Oh, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: sure you will. <laughs> um,
1: I'm finding that uh, telephone communication is uh, is very useful and and I suppose is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, especially to those who can't get out at all. I'm lucky. I, I, I can go for walks and I can drive still. But um, for those who are housebound for one reason or another, it must be uh, very, very difficult, I think.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, to me, um, as I said earlier, the whole experience of the war was, um, for me, it was a good thing. It's awful thing to say about a war, but it did mean that I had... Um, a broadening of life which I wouldn't have had otherwise Mm.
0: Well I I have to say I've found I think I'm going to be slightly resetting my life in different ways after this so as much as as this has been a very difficult period um, I'm trying to find benefits in it so I think Well uh, yes,
1: I think uh, yes, an experience of this sort can make a great difference to people
0: Yeah. I was describing it to somebody the other day and I said I felt a bit like I've been sort of sleepwalking a bit for the last few years before now and this has been a bit of a jolt. Um,
1: Yes, it has been a jolt, my goodness. Awful, yes. Well, we're all going to have difficulty to adjust, I think. Whatever.
0: Yeah. And I don't think it's just going to be going back to whatever we saw as normal. I think it'll be a a newly crafted world.
1: I think you're right. Yes, yes. Absolutely. We'll meet again. Don't know where. Don't know when. But I know we'll meet again. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again.
0: Keep smiling through, just like you always do,
1: till the blue skies drive the dark clouds far
0: like to tell us about someone you're missing we'd love to hear from you get in touch at radioisopodcast at gmail.com or on instagram at radioisopod